Little Caesars changed the game, bro. They did. They did. They Little Caesars changed. <laughs> That's the most shit ever. <laughs> hey, Chewy Blood. They want you on the, uh, the podcast, bro. Look, he Mexican, bro. You got to put him on. Am I interrupting your depression? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This week's episode of The Voice Party is brought to you by Big Boy Raps. Get your car wrapped by some of the most experienced and skilled in the Bay. Big Boy Raps, where the big boys play. All right. JD's totally not invested. Can't see. I'm listening. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Voice Party. Today, the episode is sponsored by Big Boy Raps. As always, Big Boy Raps, where the big boys play. We are doing one last episode today, and I the reason I wanted to do this was because I have some questions that I think our guest today, we're putting in the hot seat, Joaquin Xavier, would very much like. Um, but since it's a new episode, we're going to introduce everybody. We got JD next to me. What's hey. going on? Just living the dream, baby. We got Joaquin Xavier. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Don't worry, the mic can you can reach the mic. Right yeah, it'll pick you up. My name is Marcos, and we got Phil behind the board. What's going on, Phil? Just making podcasts great again. I should not have asked you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking regret that already. All right. So, what I got is yay or nay. Yay. Or, oh. or best of. What do you want to do? Hmm, best of. Best of. I'm glad you picked that. All right. First topic. I'm going to I'm going to let's, let's do something let's do something easy at first. Sure. Best of when you were growing up, your favorite cereals. Okay. Frosted Flakes? Uh Fruit Lo- Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. That's the best cereal. But I'm gonna respectfully disagree, and I'm gonna say Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Oh, okay, I'm gonna, oh, okay, I'm that's gonna, actually pretty good. I'm gonna respectfully disagree with all of you guys and say Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best cereal of all time. Do you guys not think so? No, that's for children. Let's be honest. All of these cereals yeah, that you have named the, are for children. The, the, I thought the point was growing up. Yeah. And so here's here's my pro- JD. Here's my problem with the pebbles. Okay. They get soggy really quick. That's the best uh, part about it. Yeah. That's the best part about fruity pebbles. They get soggy. Oh, that's gross. That's like uh. And then, and it's, it's and it, it gets soggy and it's still good. No, name me one other cereal that's good after you get it soggy. Uh, uh, fruit? Cinnamon, cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's great. It doesn't. It's it, mm. it's so good when it's hard, and it's so good uh, when it's I, soft. I bet it is, Marco. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, "You got to just so finish that." It's hard. I had to just finish that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I. It's just the the the. Okay, that's one criteria. Also, the milk tastes good with fruity pebbles afterwards. Frosty Flakes Cocoa, like pe- Cocoa Pebbles uh, Are you still uh, talking about Cocoa Pebbles? No Motherfucker Fruity Pebbles I'll be honest with you um, As a child I was denied Most sugary cereals Oh yeah you're right mm. Like the only times That I had like Sugary Like Aside that frosted frosted flakes is the only exception. Okay. You know, like next to that it was like honey nut Cheerios, but that doesn't really count, right? And one time I managed to to convince my grandmother to get me a box of like honeycomb. And for like that whole week or two, she was just like, I hope you enjoy your sugary air puffs. It's all <laughs> filled with his air. Um but whenever I would spend the night at a friend's house or a cousin's house, I, I had the rare treat of fruit loops or Tricks, which I I enjoy, but I didn't have enough time spent with either of those cereals to really make much of a difference. So you you grew up with uh, honey bunches of oats and shit. Yeah, yeah. See, I do that's the, what I do eat you now. Have hardos, uh, like the hardos. honey. It's I don't know. They were like Cheerios, but they were like shape of hearts. Do you know what I'm talking about? Heart. I've food? seen them. I don't think I've ever had them though. I've seen okay. Them in- you guys might not remember Honey Smacks. Honey Smacks. Are my fa- oh, one I of my favorite. The commercials for Honey Smacks. It was like the frog. The frog. Yeah. The frog. yeah. I see those. I see kicks. Kick. Kicks. I remember. Kicks. I didn't like kicks as much. I, I thought I kicks. thought I was gonna like them, and then my mom finally bought me some, and I did not like. Yeah, them. they're not sweet, if I recall correctly. No, they were just they're bland. Yeah. Uh, it was just they were just yellow. Honey bunches of oats is what I eat now. That's like. The only cereal. Have you guys heard of Magic Spoon? 
Mm-mm. Oh yeah, that's like the 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 healthy. It's uh, like less sugar for for yeah, less sugar. Yeah, healthy. Yeah, I saw somebody do a taste test on YouTube, and they said every flavor was terrible. But they sponsor Chris Jericho's podcast, and he loves them. So I don't know who to believe. Well, it's less. <laughs> it's less sugar. I've never seen that. It's less sugar. And never it's heard of kid it. cereal for adults who grew up with kid cereal, but it's less sugar. It's okay. like made with like wheat actual like not non-bleach weed like good like the stuff like like you like know good stuff yeah, yeah but it's healthy means. but you know people a lot of people don't but if you stop eating that shit the the, the old boxes i heard it tastes delicious so I, I don't know that's oh okay going back to cereal uh tricks is also another one of those that i grew up with here's so here's the, here's my thing with back tricks. when there were shapes I was just about to say that when I was a yeah. kid, they were actually like shapes. fruit shapes and now they're balls and they're I'm all balls. I can't decide if tricks changed or if now that I'm an adult, I don't see the shapes anymore because tricks are for no, kids. They, no. Oh, <laughs> that sounds oh, like uh, shit. You just blew my mind. Blew my mind. Wait, wait, what? That's I said, I can't, oh my God. I can't determine if the cereal itself has changed or if I've just grown up and can't see the shapes anymore because tricks are for kids. It, it's kind of like, you know, that, that you've seen the movie Hook, right? Similar logic, right? All right. Why did I never think of that? Oh, my gosh. That's been the voice party. <laughs> and that's been your bonus. Don't prepare. <laughs> that's been your bonus. Mind-blowing. You know what, though? Whoa. I used to go eat at... Magical. I used to go eat at Fila Burger Pizza. Uh, Fila Burger. I just heard of that shit. That's in Richmond, huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's poor child. I, I've never been. I've never friend been. Raymond loved it. I used to go eat there all the time as a kid. Like, not all the time, but whenever the family... We would either go out to get tacos in Oakland at the taco spots that we knew that were fucking bomb... Or we would go out to McDonald's, or on the good payday, we would go out Fila. to Fila Burger. And I would always order the the, the mushroom cheesesteak, the, the big old, you know, mm, and back as a good. child, I would eat like half of half, <laughs> and then eat the other half later, and then I just had a whole half for the next day, you know? I heard so you would people up, like if you, you oh, came yeah. all the time. Yeah, and then now as a, as a fucking adult, it's crazy, I see like... I groan. <laughs> Where like I eat the whole thing and I'm like, wow, that was a Did nice this get smaller? That was a nice little I snack. Work? There there is a possibility ah, possibility Bye. cans though. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That that uh the burgers did get smaller though as you got bigger. That's because, what because a lot of inflation. Like, well a lot of yeah. rest, a lot of restaurants have been like cutting no, back but on like it, what they used to I do. think it I think it all comes down to just me growing, bro. That's also true. My stomach's like four times the size I was as my stomach alone is four times the size I was at that age when I first started having them. Gotcha. Oh, you know, gotcha. Yeah. I remember the first time I got onion rings from Red Onion back in 2001 and the bag the very was first time huge Red very onion? first time Red onion? Yep. It's fucking still huge. You know, still, yeah. But I mean, the one Much. down my street, oh, right yeah. down, down on San oh, Pablo, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, right, right down from the from Home Depot. Right. Cross from yeah, Home yeah. Depot. It was, oh man, it was big. And then the next time it was like, it was just a, a moderately sized bag. And I was like, hmm. Well, do you, well sometimes they'd be playing. Do you remember, uh, um, a super sized meal, you know, used to be like eight bucks. At McDonald's. Oh yeah, and that's like big ass fries. I don't think you don't remember. I don't remember Super Size. I saw the movie in high school, and yeah, all that, that's why they got rid of it. Like Wendy's yeah, yeah. had the biggie size, McDonald's had the super size, right. and then that movie came out, and it was terrible PR. So and then everyone, they started adding salad. Well, what they did is <laughs> yeah, because as you can tell, I eat a lot of fast food. They dropped the branding, but they kept the sizes. So like. Super size became large, and large became medium, and medium became small. Oh, is that what so? They just, they kept the sizes and just renamed them all, but dropped the super size branding. Oh, so we have the super size. Yeah, it's it's the new large. Got you. Okay. See, I don't remember ever seeing a super size, but I mean, well, I was pretty you? young. Twenty-seven. Oh, okay, okay. So you it was. I was alive yeah, when yeah, yeah. when it was out. It just wasn't. I wasn't old enough to remember it because yeah. I wasn't ordering McDonald's by myself at that time. Yeah. See, see, I'm so old. I remember Yellow Wendy's, Fun Taco Bell, and Dollar Menus. Chihuahua Taco I remember, Bell. I remember Chihuahua Taco Bell. I also remember the play places. 
play. I think, yeah. man, I used to play in those. Didn't didn't all the fast food joints? Uh, not all. Of no, them. not all. Of like them. A, no. I don't think Burger King ever had one. McDonald's definitely did. They had them everywhere. Uh, McDonald's Burger King used to have like the little birthday crown. Yeah, you know, but they still do. They still, yeah, they probably they still have that. They still have yeah. the pounds. I haven't seen a lot of the insides of these fast food places because it's all drive through now. Like, you know, as an adult, yeah. you know. Or you're ordering it to DoorDash, like DoorDash yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, as an adult, there's no reason to eat it there. You either you eat do, it in your car, you or you get it and go home. No, you I'm do. Always, you do I'm because like table. Because if you're working on the go, like I do, like sometimes in my old job, I would have to stop and eat there just because I didn't want to eat in my car. And yeah, like, you're eating like a panda. <laughs> yeah, no, no, hundred percent. Well. It no, and on your sometimes the band would like be having like an hour drive or something and you from want a to show, stop. and we want to stop, yeah. and so we just park the car, the van, right in front of yeah. the restaurant, and we would just sit down and, and be able to relax. That's fair enough. That may, I give you that. I'll give yeah. you that. But I mean, other than that, all right. Than, this is what, kind of a, what's your next one? What's your kind next of a, one, Mark? Kind of a, Sorry, what was, what was, is this a fucking game? Yeah, I I gave you like one topic that I knew oh, you were gonna go and, off on. Right, okay. and then we, we right. I have like I have like th I have like three questions that I know is gonna last forever. All right, cool. cool. All right, this is just kind of a random one. Mm -hmm. But when did you guys realize the Target logo was a Target? Uh, when I first learned English. <laughs> That's awesome because I was like fourteen. <laughs> Oh, no way. And also, they used to have a dog. Remember the dog? Yes, I remember the dog. With the spot in his eye? He just died. Like, maybe five years ago or something. Like There, there was only one there dog? There was only one well, dog? They actually had more than one dog. Jesus, that poor boy. They only had... I think they... He was captive. <laughs> well, you know, they used the same, like, two farms... Yeah, for all the like animals that do TV. Yeah. Like, they no raise... Way. All, yeah, they raise all the animals. Sure. And they train them. Yeah, well, I don't know. So, that's I mean, I'm sure there's like other specific ones, like the dog and cat one probably doesn't have lions and stuff, but maybe they do. I don't know. But yeah, it's like it's all within like a company. Um, okay, so my next topic or my next uh, best are WWE wrestlers. Best. <laughs> best wrestlers of your childhood. Best wrestlers of all time. Ooh, 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 ooh. Your favorites, even though they might not be the best. Okay. All right. And I want to argue. I want to argue this point. I've heard that the generation of like our parents growing up, right, was like the best because you had like Hulk Hogan in their prime. You had you know Jake the Snake, whatever, right. And then I've heard the argument that like around the Jeff Hardy edge Christian, you know, the Hardy brothers in, in that era when TLCs came out, that was some of the prime because you've seen them doing crazy things. Right. And yeah. now you see and then you see wrestling today and it's not as crazy as it used to be. Sure. Uh, WWE speaking. I'm not talking about AEW. I don't really watch that, uh, to be honest. But, okay. Well, well, here's what I'll say. Uh, and I know you too. Yeah, sorry. Here's, here's what I'll say. I was never a Hulkamaniac. Macho Madness was far better than Hulkamania. I agree. You know, I was going to say Macho Man Randy Savage, way better than Hulk Hogan. Um, so I'll say Savage over Hogan. I would say of my childhood, Rock and Austin, because, you know, I grew up in the 90s with Who, wrestling. Who's better out of those two? It's hard because I think Rock was the better talker, but I think Austin was the better overall performer. Persona. Persona, personality-wise, I think Stone Cold was the better one. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he was more like, like he beat, he like, uh, like, um, even though The Rock became like bigger than life at the time, it was like, you know, if The Rock gets jumped by some villain, who's going to come and save the day? Then, like, that's the hero. Yeah. So, well, well, here's what I would say. The hard part is they both were at the same time. Like, if Rock came out five years later, they each would have easily been the best of their generation. But the fact that they both came out at the same time, that's where it's like, damn. You know. They were, in my eyes, they were kind of equal. Just because yeah. they're, they were both... Great personalities. Yeah, great personalities, great characters. Yeah. But I mean, they were both good wrestlers. And they were similar. Yeah, I would say. And for their size, too. That's true. Like, they weren't like super high flyers like Jeff Hardy or like 
Christian or you know what I mean? Like, that's true. Like, you know what I mean? I, so I like it's also pretty doggone tall compared to a lot of high flyers. Though. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, so they were both pretty yeah. big guys. I think. It, yeah. In my like, opinion, the best all time best because he touched on a lot of these had generations. Uh huh. I say you just kind of had different characters, but they kind of did the same thing. Oh yeah. They're very much that same kind of wrestler. No, I mean, like, for my favorite, I would say he was the best because he he was in the Hulkamania era. He dominated his Undertaker. That's, like, the best all time. I think that should be the... I think he is the top, like, the best wrestler of all time because this dude wrestled in his in fucking you know the Hulk he wrestled Hulk Hogan he wrestled all those fucking guys got to wrestle uh what was that dude's name Bret Hart in his prime got to wrestle uh the Stone Cold and the fucking Rock era in their prime their prime and then he just ended his career with some of these other guys in their prime and still dominated well, well what I would say what's what's most Oh, Corday's totally not here. Bam. What I would say is uh, that's most impressive about Undertaker is somehow, like, he got better as he got older. Yeah. Because you look at, like, the last 10 years of his career when he was just wrestling once a year at WrestleMania and, like, the matches he had with, like, CM Punk and Triple H and Brock Lesnar, like, and Shawn Michaels. Those were, like, some of the best of his career. And those were, like, in his Twilight years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Experience, right? And, And... Oh, go ahead. No, it's okay. And that fucking character... Like the character is amazing. Shadows every other I, fucking. Kane. I, I think the Undertaker Kane feud is probably one of the best feuds in wrestling. Yeah, fucking Undertaker's long lost brother and fucking set their house on fire and the parents were killed in a fire and his burned brother comes back for revenge. So cheesy, but yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then they're gonna have a fucking inferno match where whoever lights their opponent on fire wins. <laughs> <laughs> who, I, who said like who's in the office going, dude? Let's set our employees on fire. <laughs> and then the employees are like, if this is like oh, will yeah. they draw me money. Like, yes, the answer is yes. So I mean, you know, the answer to answer your question on my end, like. I, I if I could cheat a little bit because you said WWE specifically. Yes, yes. Um, since WWE owns all of WCW footage, yeah, I'm gonna name some WCW wrestlers and ECW. Right? I grew up watching was WCW. Like I re- vaguely remember when did they buy WCW and I, ECW? They bought the tape, the libraries around like what 2000, right? 2001, 2001. So what? Okay. No, yeah, what it was is. Uh, because I remember watching ECW, but that was yeah. a WWE. So what happened was WWE bought WCW for a million dollars, like two weeks before WrestleMania 17 in 2001. Okay. And then ECW, they didn't buy. ECW uh, went bankrupt. And then WWE like, bought the trademarks and assets out of bankruptcy court so they, they could use the trademarks and pick up the tape library. But ECW had already gone bankrupt by the time WWE picked up their assets. Yes. So they owned, so they bought yeah. they Although somebody them. pointed out that Vince McMahon paid more money for sex than he did for WCW because <laughs> he paid $3.5 million in hush money to all the women he slept with. He paid a million for WCW. <laughs> That's a businessman right there. So, <laughs> Pay more for pleasure than you do for business. But, but basically, with that context thrown out, I would like to acknowledge that Macho Man, although Macho Man was better in the ring than Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan counts as my, you mentioned having a, a wrestler that was, that we love despite not being very good and mm-hmm. that Hogan is that guy terrible, for me. Terrible wrestler. Right? Terrible wrestler. But, but for me, the moment that cemented me is is the Hulkamaniac. It wasn't the cartoon I used to watch like uh, reruns of the cartoon back in the day. I've seen him in the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was his NWO heel turn. Him being the third man has got to be one of the greatest moments in wrestling dramatic history. Just mm-hmm. you know, L, you know, uh, leg coming through and leg dropping. Uh, uh, who he needed to leg drop to hoist up the hands of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, like. Um, but if we're talking game about, changer, if we're talking about greatest wrestler of all time, only life game like, changer. <laughs> it, as far as like old school greatest of all time goes, Ric Flair. I was actually going to ask you that, so I looked like, it up on Google, right? And I asked the question: Who was the greatest wrestler of the '80s? Says Ric Flair. What are your guys' opinions on that? Okay, well, see, that's a. <sighs> 
And I know if that we're talking objective, it is subjective. See, here's the thing. I didn't watch wrestling in like the 70s and the 80s during, you know, Ric Flair's heyday. So when I was introduced to Ric Flair, he was the old battered down, broken man, still right. trying to pick up women and swinging his dick around and front of flight attendants and shit so i have a very different opinion of rick flair than other people mm -hmm. if you ask me who the best wrestler of all time is i'm gonna say Shawn michaels mm -hmm. that's my go-to for best of all time is the heartbreak kid mm -hmm. he especially what's amazing is he had those two runs he had that run game changer he had that run in like the 80s and 90s and then he had the back injury came back from the back injury had a whole nother run which was arguably even better because in his first run, he was on drugs, and he was a prima donna, and he was a backstage politician. And then when he was out with his back injury, he found Jesus, got saved, came back as a completely different person. And he had to, he had to actually work yeah. to get in these matches with these guys who were game changers. Now, if, if I were to... If, if, no, I get it. If I were to, to name uh, uh, an actual WWE wrestler that I that I actually think is like one of the like one of my personal favorites out of that company and ignoring WCW because I could go on further. I can name you Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio Jr., all those guys. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to dial it back to WWE, the one wrestler that WWE had when I first tuned in, because the reason I started watching WWE is because I moved from down south where I had cable. It was living in Arkansas, and I moved up here. And the, the the grandparents I was living with up here didn't have cable, so so I just I, the only thing that I could get was SmackDown on right. UPN. Right. And like the wrestling, I immediately noticed was different. Like there weren't any real submissions going on. There weren't mm -hmm. there weren't any high flying. You know the the the, the moves were sort of toned down. Everybody was doing like two or three moves, and I I was almost if it weren't for the promos, I would have been bored. Mm -hmm. But when Kurt Angle comes on. And he's doing the grappling and the, you know, the, and the ankle lock and the slams and all that kind of like the, the kind of matches that he was putting on was the kind of stuff that I grew up watching uh, on WCW TV. And for that, you know, Kurt Angle will always be like my favorite classic from mm -hmm. that era, the 2000s era, like WWE guy, you know. So for me, and I think for a lot of kids my age, uh, Jeff Hardy was one of my favorites of all time. Game changer. He is a game changer. And I think, and so one, one of the things that, um, actually I didn't know this when I was a kid. So I've you know, learned this, that they introduced the, the TLC match, yeah. uh, with the, with edge and Christian. Um, so that's a game changer right there. You know what I mean? It changes the, the entirety of like what high what's, what's, is. What's, what's crazy about the Hardy boys in general, crazy. Matt and Jeff, is they actually started off as backyard wrestlers. Yes. Oh, yeah. They, they had their do, own they, company. Yeah, they used to do backyard wrestling for years and years. Yeah. And then they ended up getting trained. And then they ended up starting their own independent promotion called Omega. Yeah. And then that's what got them noticed and got them signed with WWE. Right. So they, really? Yeah, they, they literally started from the bottom and there's, clawed their way to the top. There's a couple documents. They're not yeah. like fit, built like those classic '80s wrestlers. They're no, the, and that was guys, high flyers, but they also weren't built like luchadors. No, they were That's small. They're very small. But the, but the cool thing is like, it, what made it cool is like there were these like compared to all the other wrestlers. Even though Jeff Hardy was 225 pounds, and I didn't put that into perspective of how much bigger that was than me. Right? Jeff, yeah, but you put him. But Jeff Hardy was Jeff Hardy was made to lose. <laughs> That's I, I, I genuinely believe that, right? Because every every fucking week on SmackDown, you'd be like so excited. I know Jeff's coming out, blah blah. Who's he facing? The Great Khali, or or uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, that's his name, right? Yeah, the Great Khali. Great Khali. You like you know he's not gonna win. That's my. They're favorite. gonna put him. Okay, they put him against Umaga one time, and that was pretty cool at the um at that the one uh summer yeah, i slam yeah well yeah, he, and, and he, he won that one. Earlier, like, he also had that ladder match with undertaker but ladder okay ladder match too, which, which which he didn't win but like they told such a great story you, you a couple times you were like right. damn is he actually they might actually have him win right and, and okay so this is why i say that like the generation of watching jeff hardy and stuff might have been the greatest generation of wrestling mm. is because when you see those high flying moments right they're getting up on the the top of the screen fucking jumping down flipping on randy orton on the bottom of the stage right you know that's fucking huge people weren't doing that in the 80s and stuff like that well obviously I they could and in different times to right. structures and stuff like that but 
they fucking did that. You know what I mean? They were doing those high flying moves. They were jumping off 20 foot ladders, falling into tables down on the concrete. On some level, I think Paul Heyman would, would beg the difference. Say ECW did a lot of that first. But That's true. Sure. Vince McMahon loved to mine those. Uh, the the difference I think between like ECW and WWE is that ECW had more of the depthifying stuff going on like day in day out of their regular operations, whereas Vince would take these extreme ideas and go, well, we'll save it for the pay per view. Right. You know, we'll have these guys do it once every every month. Every month. Every month. You know, where yeah, right. Yeah. Whereas like Paul Heyman's like, so last week they were throwing cheese graters at shit and you were using that in a match. What are we going to do this week? Set the tables on fire. Great. Yeah. Right. Bring that's just well, Friday then, night. Right. You know? But then what happens? You start running out of ideas. People have seen it before. You've right. you've thrown out everything you can in And it was better it? better performances in WWE compared so, to like well, I mean, depending on the era of ECW. Yeah, like one one thing I liked about WCW looking back is that they kind of presented it more as like a sport, whereas WWE presented it more as like a TV show that so happens to feature wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like you watch like Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc, and that's one of the fucking greatest wrestling WCW, matches of all time. Right? Yeah, that was WCW. Yep. And then I, uh, I don't know, if you guys probably don't listen to wrestling podcasts, mm -hmm. I, but Mick Foley tells this story on his pod, or it was either one of his documentaries or he told it again on his podcast where you guys obviously know the Hell in a Cell match with Undertaker yeah, yeah, where he got yeah. fucking thrown off and tooth yeah, in his nose and matches of all time. Yeah, matches. Fucking, yeah, like after that match, like Mick Foley said that like Vince came up to him in like the trainer's room while he's getting like stitched up and cleaned up and everything. And Vince told him, he's like, I just want you to know, like, I appreciate everything you did. Um, I can't thank you enough for what you just did for me, but I don't ever want to see anything like that again. Who said that? Vince McMahon. Wow. Well, that's probably scary as fuck too. Oh yeah. Because like, if, I mean, there, like there's a 50, it's only a 50, 50 chance. It's going to go kind of all right. And you're not going to get, you're going to, you're going to get hurt either way, but you're like, you're going to be able to walk after possibly just with a few stitches or you're fucking dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're paralyzed. There's only, there's only two ways that can go. Wasn't even, even Foley said that like when he did that first fall off the cage, like, you know, and he goes, a so, couple inches to the left or the right, his head hits one of those monitors. monitors you're done. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, and you have to do it in such a fast motion too, of like, we got to keep this real. Like, like I didn't know undertaker was going to throw me or whatever, whatever it may be. Right. Or even if they made that decision last minute. You have, to, you have to eyeball that. There's no trajectory. There's no, you know, rope, invisible line that he's attached to that's perfectly landing him there. You, you're eyeballing it and going, good luck. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was that was one thing. Is back wrestling back in the day is very different than now, and you can argue whether that's for the better or not. It's for the worse. You know, or, or sorry, it's for the you know because now like everybody's like more aware of like concussions and everything. Yeah, and they're more like health conscious. Like boring. I, well, I was gonna say like <laughs> back in like the late '80s, early '90s, like there's a math. You guys remember Vader? Yeah, Big Van yeah, yeah. Vader, Frankie Stacchino's dad on yeah. Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah, he had a match in Japan with this guy named Stan Hansen and he got hit so hard his eye popped out of the socket oh, yeah. and you can see the footage like he like takes he, his mask off and his eye in. is like all popped out and he just like shoves it back in oh. and then keeps wrestling oh. whereas nowadays like somebody gets like you know a bloody nose or a cut on their eye and they like stop the match and the refs put the gloves on and they got to stop the bleeding before the match can continue uh, I've never seen that. Yeah, that that I saw that. Video. That's fucked up. My dad just recently put it on. He was like, "Oh, they still they're still airing SmackDown because you know we've heard the news of like, oh, they had their own channel for a second. You know, their whole own network. Yeah, they, and yeah, they, they sold it again because like it's yeah, well they had they had their own network where they had like original content and then their pay per views would go there. Yeah, and and then and, Peacock offered them like two billion for everything, and they were like, okay. Yeah. So, so then you know we figured. You know, he was like, "Oh, okay. Let's just check out what SmackDown soon." I was like, "You're not gonna like it. It's fucking boring. It's terrible now." And so, of course, it's the worst fucking monologues I've ever heard in my life. And yeah, the the, 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 the microphone work sucks now, dude. Dude, they don't sound intimidating anymore. No, everyone sounds like me and like 
I don't sound intimidating well, at well, all. Here's what I say, like, you know, when you know we were I mean? watching wrestling in the 90s, like, it, like you know, the Attitude Era, you got to re remember every week we had, like, The Undertaker sacrificing somebody. You had Steve Austin driving a monster truck over The Rock's brand-new Lincoln Continental. Right. You had Sable fucking taking her top off, and she's got handprints on her tits. Like, it was a completely different era. Right. And so... It was exciting. It was like and there was no internet available to, to counter that shit either. So it's like now, right? So more you, technical now, where that's like okay, they did that cool little. Well, you were able to get away with it more. Yeah, because that was during like the Jerry Springer era, where you right. had like South Park and Jerry Springer, and like you know everything's just yeah, it, like launchy. cancel culture wasn't a thing. It's not like it is now, where you, everyone walks on eggshells because heaven forbid you offend somebody. Right. So. What? It's just it's watered down now as well. well I mean, also let's not forget that since Vince McMahon's wife has gone into politics, running on uh, the conservative ticket, that's around the time when they decided to tone everything down to PG because, well, quite frankly. You know that 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 uh, the, the looks unbecoming of her. It's like, well, didn't you didn't you punch your your husband in the groin because he had an affair with you, Miss? I'm trying to talk about policy here. You know, yeah, Donald Trump, and that's even, not a coincidence. I have the DVD of, even, of Donald Trump with the uh, wrestling pay per view too. I mean, even before that, the Chris Benoit thing changed the shit big time. Isn't that that was probably a bigger blow to wrestling. No, well, no, because well, they like, were still no, they were still raunchy was, after. Well, what it was is like, but there was more. The first one was when Eddie Guerrero died, because when Eddie Guerrero died, that's, that's when they introduced their wellness policy, where they were cracking down on recreational drug use and steroids and all that other stuff. Because the thing with Eddie is, you know, he had he had been a drug abuser, and but he'd been clean for a number of years, but it still did like damage to his yeah. heart. And then like, even though he'd been clean for a number of years, his heart just gave out one day. Right. Yeah. So th that's when the wellness policy was implemented with Chris Benoit. They when they did the everybody thought it was like roid rage at first. And if right. you watch like old like news reports in that time, the news was pushing that narrative that it was roid rage. Right. And you'd even have wrestlers like Kevin Nash coming out like I would know this is clearly not roid rage. I'm speaking from experience here. But when they did the autopsy on Chris Benoit, that's when we started discovering about like the damage that concussions have and CTE. And I think when they did the autopsy, the 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 what's the autopsy person called? It's not a doctor. It's an no, 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 autopsitrician or something. No, 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 no. He's, he's a uh, toxicologist. No, toxicologist. No, no, toxicologist. No, it's coroner. I'm just gonna say coroner. Toxicologist. But like they basically said, his brain had so much brain damage from oh, repeated yeah, concussions yeah. that it resembled like an 80 year old man with Alzheimer's. <laughs> And wasn't it a wrestler actually that did the former wrestler? Well, it was Chris Nowinski. Yeah. yeah, he runs like a key a, a, a concussion foundation, and so then that was also a big change too. Is then like okay, well let's let's tone it down. Let's not take as many risks, and that's and you see that in football too, right? Where where the NFL way more than yeah. I mean, right. if Corday was here, he could elaborate. Right, right. But you know, in the, the NFL is also you know taking concussions more seriously because back in the day you would just walk that shit off, and they have more concussions than. Have you football, have you heard the um the who played a uh, well they thought you could just walk that shit off yeah. <laughs> we're discovering yeah. how the shit ain't right you what's know? it called who plays uh who's Hornswoggle I don't know his real name it's, it's like Dylan yeah, something. something uh he's on podcast a lot and he uh he's like one of the one wrestler, one of the few wrestlers that think Chris Benoit did not uh yeah that he did not do it what do you ready guys thoughts on that uh we we've talked about it before I think he did do it Chris, he Chris just, did it but he was brain damaged the thing is dude Man, like was, people people like you know he he was like their hero and it's just you don't want to ever think that guy did all that shit right like you know you don't ever want it like nah they, there's no way like and i think people just give themselves an, a little like story of what may have happened to kind of take the blame away from the dude i mean he did he loved it he did it he did it he wrote shit on there with his writings and 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 uh you know, it's it's like everything that's come out. Like you know, he texted people, called people. That whole like the dogs are out of the dogs, yeah. But dude, dude was brain damaged. You know what I mean? Not it, it not to take away any of the horror, but that actually adds to the horror. Can you imagine not being in full full control, control. of your own thoughts? Right. And, and he didn't. He didn't. Nuts. He didn't like. It's scary. But he beat the shit out of her. No. 
Like that's what he. Yeah, I didn't know a lot of the details until Dark Side of the Ring did that episode. Brutalizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like I didn't know that like he put his knee in her back and like broke her back. Oh, and... I didn't know that either. Yeah, I didn't know a lot of those details until Dark Side of the Ring. So you ever seen that? No, it's never. pretty dark, man. Do they have it like also other... talks about the Eddie Guerrero? You know, um, yeah, because Benoit took Eddie's death harder than his fucking widow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's his best friend. That's his best friend, his brother. And, and you know, he like, he seemed like a crazy guy already about to snap when he, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, in the, in the episode they talked and it's, you know what? It sucks because Chris Benoit was one of, um, as far as his ring work is concerned, it's definitely one of my favorite, favorite wrestlers to watch in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that whole group that came over the radicals, right? Perry Saturn. Dean, and it's, Eddie. It's crazy that Perry's still alive, and I thought that was the first guy to OD or something. Right? Perry even went missing for a while, and no one he knew was who homeless. he was. He was homeless. It's crazy. He came back with face tattoos and head tattoos, and he was doing meth, and Damn. that's the first guy I thought is going to be like, he's going to OD. And you know you know what happened? The reason he got uh, phased out of the E, I heard, was because he, he got a little uh, annoyed with, with another wrestler. I guess this is a guy he was wrestling, and and I guess the guy stiffed him or something. So Perry beat the living soup out of him, and oh yeah. So yeah, the, yeah. then they then they started to like give him a stupid stupid gimmick, the moppy thing, and then they phased him out of television, which is a shame because he's he's a solid talent too. But <laughs> but yeah, man, like you know those those were the days. I mean, no matter what company you liked, there was something that like. Phil pointed out, which is why I like WCW so much is because they made it. They tried to focus on it like it was a sport until you got to like the main event stuff with the NWO and all that. That was where the soap opera came. But even then, you know what I mean? Like NWO was kind of a team. They were beating WWE you know, at the time with the NWO shit for, for like for 83 weeks. Yep. 83, 83, weeks, 83 weeks. Nitro beat Raw in the race. 83 weeks. And, and WWE was treated more like a soap opera. And I didn't. I didn't love the ring work the same way. It really depends on who's in the ring, to be honest with you. But but WCW, I could always count to turn on and enjoy the ring work. You know. What was your next question, bro? Well, I I honestly that was that was great. Did you, did you guys? Uh, well, I think we talked about it already. About like like you know, um, you said what kind of forever? Do we we did we did in a previous episode? Yeah. We we talked about that like off camera. I don't think we talked about that in an episode. No, we didn't. Because I, I know I, I talked about. I haven't even wanted like I don't like, know what it is. I haven't. I haven't been interested in watching any of those Marvel movies anymore. I, I haven't I'm, been interested in any superhero movies. In I think I'm tapped Marvel. out on Marvel. me too. Like you know, like after Endgame, it's just like eh. Yeah, yeah. last one you saw was with, 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 with Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, which is great, together, but yeah. it was just like I don't know, man. Like. I don't know what it is. I feel like they're pumping them out so fast and so many at a time that you're just like, it's like, it's like Star Wars now. We know that like Star Wars lose and then the good guy wins. And if the good guy doesn't win at this movie, the next one, it it will happen. It's just so it's become so like predictable that I just, we, we, we don't like, we kind of, I don't know me. Like I, I kind of feel like the movie's more geared to like little, gasping moments <gasps> oh three spider-man and then the ending like yeah okay that's what i figured and then like all right time to go home yeah there's no like there's no new st- remember that thing i seen you guys uh from from uh james on the bob reboot where the the jason lee from all rats oh yeah talks about there's they're not making any new movies that they can reboot in 10 years <laughs> And it's like that's what it feels like with yeah. movies, man. They're not. There's no new stories coming out. Well, like, that's why I'm really been interested in watching independent films. Well, that, well, that's like I, sh- I. You guys have seen that clip of Matt Damon, yeah. on Hot Ones talking about like how the industry has changed. Oh, you mentioned this once in another episode, but but reiterate for the people who. Have- yeah. So basically, Matt Damon explained that the reason Hollywood doesn't make movies today like they used to in the 90s like you know they were making movies like goodwill hunting and dead poet society you know movies like that don't get made anymore and that's because streaming 
Yeah, well, it's made, it's long story short, it's because of streaming. Because back in the day, you didn't have to make all your money at the box office because you still had like the home video release coming, whether that was VHS or DVD. DVD. And so you had a whole nother revenue stream coming. Like that. You know, and then after that, it hits pay per view. And then after that, it hits cable. And then it hits basic cable. And then it hits broadcast. And every time it does that, that's another revenue stream. And that's also another round of advertising to promote your movie. Mm-hmm. But now you don't have that. You have streaming, which artists don't make anything off of. I'm sure you as a yes. musical artist, you can attest to that. And so he, he used that ex- example of Under the Candelabra, which was going to be like a $50 million film, like a low budget $50 million film. But whatever you make at the box office, you have to split with the exhibitors, with the theater owners. So you have to make $100 million at the box office just to break even before you start making a profit. And with a film like that, like there's no way you're going to make $100 million at the fucking box office with a film like that. Right. And there's no revenue stream after that because you're not going to make that back on streaming either so you the only movies hollywood can make and turn a profit are these big budget blockbusters they're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars when they come out right so how do you so what's the excuse for like all the the cheat like actually what kind of confuses me is the amount of netflix shows and movies that are mm-hmm. out that aren't even like I'm not even talking about like the big like Wednesdays or the game or like, you know, like the U's or whatever. Right. I'm talking about like the cheesy ones that are that come out five at a time hmm. every year. You know what I mean? That kind of have the same plot okay, well, every well, year. Well, so here's what's what's how are they getting that much money? Well, so so, so well, you got to look how many subscribers does Netflix have? It's like around 100 million or so. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. You're paying $10 a month, more or less. That's a billion dollars a month in revenue. You ha- the, f- the films they're making are more of like an incentive to keep those subscribers, to keep that money pumping. So they can dump, you know, $50 million, $100 million into this lower-budget action movie or these lower-budget rom-coms. Who cares about the quality? The more movies they pump out, the more incentives for subscribers. Subs- what's that? $223 million as of 2022. Yeah, and then you times that by $10 a month, and that's their monthly revenue. Also, what I've noticed is now more than ever— there are there is literally something made for everyone like if your thing is fantasy if your thing is adult dark twisted fantasy it's game of thrones and house of dragons right the political sophistication of all that but if you're if, but if your thing is like something a little bit more lighthearted for example you know what i mean you, you might be uh hearkening back to uh oh i'm trying to come up with but you get the idea mm-hmm. if you if you're into like uh dystopian science fiction there's a show for that if you're into spacefaring science fiction there's a new show for that if you're more into kind of the matrix or something we have a matrix clone if you're into a a specific sort of comedy if if it's a comedy about a loner here's one for that if it's a comedy about romance here's one for that are you like the nerdy weirdo that like can't fit in we have a sitcom just for you it's it's one of those it's one of those things where there's like oh you want something that's starring a, a an uh, Indian American. Uh, here's here's a sitcom. It's a show for you. You you want something that uh, that resembles some Irish folks who are growing up post in our area. Here's a show for you, and it's set in high school too. Isn't that lovely? Is yeah. literally a show now for, for every, And and the problem is, no one ever is ever going to agree on all these shows being good because they're so niche. They're too niche to be universally accepted. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of those kind of like shows and stuff like that. I kind of like that though. I, I like that. I, I like them. That I like them a lot. I'm one to binge watch a stupid cheesy show all in one night just because I'm like bored. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this one yet. It's the exact same fucking plot as the last one. It's the exact same character. Really? Yeah. I mean, predictable like, stories. Art, predictable story. Like, I mean, it's and then as soon as you binge it. You're like, oh, I kind of want to see what happens in season two. Oh, well, this came out in 2015, and there's not going to be a season two. All right, let me just watch the next one that's exactly like... The last show that really, like... But it does keep me coming back. Like, I will continue to watch those. Don't get me wrong. Like, I am one of those people that like cheesy shit. Like yeah. That. I am picky in my... And what I do stream. So I get that. 
the last show that really grabbed my attention and like took me for a ride was Breaking Bad, and I don't think I've ever had that experience in anything. I even movies that I've watched that like really well, took. Kind of going back to what we were saying about the model changing. One thing that's different changing. is because you know we had all those different streams. So it's like movie would come out in theaters, and then you'd have the home video release, and then pay per view, and then cable, and then basic cable, and then broadcast TV. So you're constantly like having this film like advertised to you for years. Like it would take five years before it finally hits, you know, basic, you know, broadcast TV. Right. Yes. With modern movies, because that's not happening, they don't have the same staying power. They don't have the same lasting power. So you forget them as soon as you watch them. Whereas back in the day, it's like everybody saw fucking Lethal Weapon 3 because you had five years to watch it and it was on every platform imaginable. Me and my homies would quote shit from clerks. Yeah, and you don't see that with people now, like where they watch a movie and it sticks with them because the line was so f- relatable or funny. Yeah, well, and also there's so much and stuff coming who, out now. Okay, pointed out a great thing that he was. I mean, that's not the. I know a lot of people hate him right now, but he pointed out something that he notices that's changed in in TV and in and you know and movies is they're not getting writers. On, that's why I was happy to have. Johan on the show. A lot of shows are getting writers who are like coming straight out of college into writing rooms that haven't necessarily, you know, written. Yeah, and they're just they're not they don't they they're writing lines that don't sound like people really talk. Well, well, yeah. here, here's the thing like like we were talking about. So there's a disconnect. That's what I mean. There's there's so much stuff coming out that like it's it's spreads the industry thin like all these streamers have their original content to keep subscribers coming back and there's still regular tv shows still out there yeah like it's impossible to watch everything right. like back in the day like everybody kind of watched the same shows right. right but that doesn't happen anymore because there's well, too much stuff out that's there why it was like legendary yeah Disney but when you have when we were kids but when you have 12 different streaming services that each have 20 original shows all those shows need a team of writers like where are all those writers going to come from so that's why they're pulling them you know straight out of college because they where else are they they're, there's only so many writing jobs available and there's only so many writers available to fill those jobs and there's a million projects going on at one time whether they're getting picked up or not but some but like you said there's everything's yeah. full already but like the, the industry has changed so much and i mean it's the same thing for music too i know we talked about that before well, where that, that's why there's i i truly believe it's gonna be so hard and i i can't tell you like what's what now like i can't see it but i think the idea of uh like a forever song right like we got the marvin Gaye's of the world we got maybe the old adele's lord you know stuff like that back then even mm-hmm. 2013 14 like there's songs that are going to live with us for a long time but those artists are coming out with songs now dude it's just like netflix we see them once they might be a really you know big meme for a while they might stay out for a month or maybe even a year but then we're gonna forget about them. There's so many songs that I like look back on Spotify and I'll be like, "Fuck, I remember the song. I don't even well, remember the words anymore." Well, we we talked back in the day, like you made your money off album sales. Like, if, oh, you like this song, you gotta buy the whole album to hear it. Twenty right. bucks, you know, and bucks. and that's why you know music videos were so big because they were a commercial for the album. Music videos are non-existent anymore. Yeah, because now people or they're buy, obsolete if you're an independent artist. Yeah, people don't buy albums. They don't buy CDs. They just stream the songs they like, yeah. and artists get you know, pennies per play, if that, which is why record labels now have like these 360 deals because they're not going to make money off your album sales. So they got to take money from your merch and money from your touring and money from every you single know, thing you want to know something that's actually really funny. deals were in the works before streaming got... Yeah, they, they were... The 360 deals have been in there for a while. For a while. It was pretty now, like, bastards. a lot of bands I've heard, like, this... Lady Gaga signed a 360 deal. Mm-hmm. This is what they've heard. Like, they, I think, they, yeah. You gotta really have right? a good... Yeah. Every band that we know that's huge right now they probably have all signed a 360 they're probably out of it now but you got to really focus on your live shit because everybody's cranking out good music on like you know streaming shit yeah so you want to know something you know how the the whole narrative of live is where you make your money now it's wrong unless you're a really big artist like taylor swift or something live is not where you're making your money you're losing money on touring right now you know i just found out where usually back then would maybe cost $10,000 a week to tour, to rent a tour bus, right? Broken down with everything. It's about double now. It's about 20000 
a month or something or a week or something like that right and you think about like but if you're selling venues are not only so let's say you're signed to a label right yeah. you're making maybe maybe three three hundred bucks as a headliner four hundred bucks as a headliner or twelve hundred let's let's say you're packing out nice rooms twelve hundred bucks and then you sell thousand dollars worth of merch a night but you got to split part of that merch money with your label with your with the venue yeah you got it you know what i mean by the time you're getting gas food and everything else you're probably in the hole about you know a couple thousand dollars and that's just to hopefully gain your fan base to keep selling records and you make shit on streaming but let's say you get a million you're making a million streams on spotify a month right you're probably not just if you're doing that monthly listeners you're not just doing a million on one song you're doing a million on a few songs that's about four thousand dollars a month per million streams right if you're up there in the hundred millions i mean that's where you're making your money you know what i mean and let's say you have that many stream you have that many listens people are also listening on apple music which pays more than spotify which pays more on title which pays yeah more but on how many artists are going to reach that point though that's just very awesome. well that's the that's the great thing about tiktok and stuff right we have that opportunity as independent artists, but let's say like 90% of artists would be like, you know, if a label deal does come in, right? We're like, dude, this is the one chance we have with a major or something mm -hmm. to push our shit out. And, and we, and we have to, we either take this chance or we, or we deny it and we say, we can do this on our own. And maybe that was our only hit online. You know what I mean? We didn't have the push. We don't know how to market. We just got lucky with that one. Uh, you know? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I've also seen some Spotify pages where their artists have had like a little donate link, like donate if you like my stuff. Yeah, that would be more to charities though. I've never mm. seen, I've never seen one that's directly just linked to the band unless it was like a GoFundMe if their shit got stolen. Um, which I've seen a couple of those, but I've never seen one just to be like, like not hey, Patreon, just a thing. Patreon. What's so. crazy is just like the fact that the, the industry itself has changed so much with movies, music, entertainment in general. It seems like it's harder now to make money as an entertainer than it's ever been. Because like, yeah. those those avenues that used to be available aren't there anymore. And I think that's not just entertainer. That's all around, man. The pay in like regular, you know, I'm I'll, not even entertainment, just... The pay and fucking uh, everyday job, everyday uh, trade jobs. It's it's like yeah, it's better than most jobs, but you know developers aren't trying to spend that much on labor now. Well, that's that's going the outside. Thing. I talked with Marcos outside of they're finding loopholes where they could do stuff. You know, union work it pays really good. What's well, what's what I was talking with Marcos is you know back in like the early '90s, like a four bedroom house in the suburbs was like eighty grand. Mm -hmm. Now it's like eight hundred thousand. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Back then, minimum wage was like four twenty five. Now it's fifteen. So the cost of living has increased. You know. You ten, know what a lot of tenfold wages have barely tripled. You know what what a lot of trades workers do here in the Bay Area, like specifically San Francisco, Oakland, that work in the trades, mm. that jo jobs pay sometimes you know seventy to eighty an hour for some like journeyman, mm -hmm. which takes a long time to get to. Um, but they the majority of them are coming from Stockton. Tracy to work Monday to Friday in the Bay Area. Oh, they'll stay in like not. No, they'll drive back the same day. I know somebody that will stay. There's some that do stay family for a week. Yeah, in the week and then come back. And um, well, that's like you know we've talked about this before. Like you know the average rent for like a one bedroom apartment out here is like two grand. Well, yeah. right. The point I was making with this is like these same people that are you know, doing all this shit to survive are the ones that are like, fucking like, I'll just listen to Spotify because yeah, shit's so expensive. Like, it's hard to get those guys to come out. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that these people come to a show and people, spend money and drop money because it's, it's like, dude, people need a good time. Yeah, you, for sure. But like, you, it, it's it, the, the more it gets... Like the more it gets, the less people are going to be able to That's true. go to these things, pay for a whole album, pay for, you know, your streaming. Well, thing. you know what, though, they were actually talking about because, you know, like writers are starting to fight for like 
especially in music like we need to get paid more blah blah, blah. and artists are like dude spotify you gotta you gotta throw us down more than a quarter of a penny per stream right like that's not fucking fair and they're like well we can't pay you guys a penny per stream unless we're charging you know like a hundred bucks per thing that's bullshit and so now they're thinking though right and now here's the thing right say it goes up 20 30 bucks a month right so i saw something in the comments on tiktok today and was like dude if spotify or apple music went up if everything went up people would pay for it you're fucked you don't have a choice if you want to listen to music right yeah we can't we can't go back you can't go backwards you know they're not selling cds like that anymore it's too expensive and they don't nothing there's nothing really to play your cds on unless you're no 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 but let's just be honest if you're out and you're driving 90 percent of us drive to work right i mean you're gonna be listening to spotify or something on the way to your right in your car unless you got a whole set and you're, and let's just think about it like i have a cd player in my car but how many times i hit a pothole and all my shit scratches you know what i mean like it's just it's convenient to have these kind of things in our life and we're so used to it. So yeah, artists might make a little more money, but like things I think are going to start going up. Yeah. Well, that's like and they're and going people back are like, fucked. Going back to what JD was saying, like you look like the average rent for a one bedroom apartment in our neck of the woods, it's like 2 grand a month for a one bedroom. It all depends. Sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. Yeah, it depends. But we're going to make the math easy, 2 grand a month for a one bedroom apartment. You have to make 3 times rent to qualify. So you need to be bringing home 6 grand a month after taxes to qualify for a one bedroom apartment. Wait, who does that? That's 72,000 a year after taxes. That's closer to 90,000 a year before taxes, which would be like $45 an hour. Minimum wage is 15. So cost of living and inflation for the consumer. Oh yeah. 10 bucks a month for Netflix. And then when the, there's nothing I want to watch, I'll cancel it and sign up for Peacock or HBO max. And I'll just change my subscription every month. Like, yeah, that's great for the consumer, but as an artist and a creator, like all those revenue streams are gone. And because there is, they say a recession's coming. I think it's already been here and been here for a while. People just don't want to admit it. Right. Because we don't have the disposable income we used to. Like, right. me and JD talked about when, you know, we did our film, Unhealthy Comedian, streaming now on Roku. Like, when we are looking at our ways to... Which film? Unhealthy Comedian, oh. streaming now on Roku. <laughs> but when we were talking about releasing it, like, we couldn't afford to do a proper theatrical run because we're like there's no way we're going to sell enough tickets at a reasonable price to make our money back, let alone turn a profit. Right. So we did the one screening we did. And then, you know, we're not, you know, we're not going to make any money on streaming. We thought we'd looked into like maybe doing like a small run of Blu-rays, but then we're like, well, who's going to pay for the Blu-ray when it's available on streaming right now. And, and then that's who has a Blu-ray. Yeah. And it's like, and then we're going to have to pay for that cost up front. And then we have a stack of Blu-rays sitting until we can sell them. So it's just all, all those revenue streams that were available to filmmakers and musicians and artists in like the nineties aren't there anymore. And so it's harder than ever to turn a profit and it's only going to get harder. You know what I, I try to say? How this is how you get our own streamer. You're not I, no, more streamers is the no, answer. Yeah. I think that's making no, the problem that's, worse. That's making the problem worse. Cause, cause you know, what's funny too. Cause we had, so when we, on our DSPs, when we released well, punk rock was back in the days, you had to go to them yeah, to, to get the album at the shows and nowhere else. Well, I'm, I was wondering too, if artists are going to start doing that again. Remember that's when the beginning, I've been reading about Henry Rollins. I keep talking in the beginning, so, Taylor Swift and, and certain artists didn't have their shit on Spotify until they got I mean, what they I, wanted out of Spotify. No, you're not going to let me in. That's what Kanye did with one of his recent albums. You yeah. Get true. it at his website. No. I, and I, I, you know, in that, position, shit he no, said. no, no, no. But like in that situation, like, yeah, yeah I agree. You know what I mean? Um, with that, it, Andrew I, Phillips, look what he did. Yeah. He he bought it back from Netflix and, and and put it on his web page. And I guess once he made enough money, then he just put it on YouTube, which is a slap in the face for everyone that paid. But hey, whatever, he made money. Yeah, you know, I I have seen I have seen artists kind of go that independent route. Like I've seen a lot of comedians where like 
like Christopher Titus, where he'll take his specials and he'll put them out on his website, and you, you have to buy them directly through him. You can either buy the digital copy or you can buy the Blu-ray, but it's all directly through him. That way, he, he there's no middleman, there's no studio that he has to do. He pays for the production himself, he produces everything himself, and then if you want it, you have to come directly through him. That only works because he already has a fan base built right. in. Right. If you don't have a pre-existing fan base, that doesn't work. Right. I mean, and, and when you're all starting out, like I go to shows all the time these bands had all their you know CDs. cds i still have cds from these fucking bands that i went to go see and it's like that's cool but like you're not really selling cds anymore no like, no one's selling cds and if you do listen you know i mean a friend of mine i don't want to say his name but he just oh actually yeah he did he posted about it uh flaco he told me that he paid his rent for the first time with off of streams yeah, he he actually announced that. At he the announced show. that. Yeah, and you know, but that that's gotta be rare. It's and I'm sure yeah. you could wait be making way more money just if like you know Spotify wanted to, because is there still such a thing like Napster right now? Mm-hmm. Napster still exists. Yeah, our music's on there, but not. It's not like it's not like it was. But. It's they're all streaming sites now. They're all right. Similar. It's legal now. Um, so there, the amount of yeah, no the, longer punk. Uh, the no amount of punk. streaming sites. We just got an email from our uh, DSP hmm. that we you know we upload our music on. They announced us two more new streaming stores that our, our song got added to, and it was like, yo, who are who's going on these streaming sites? Because I've, I've never. I mean, I know. Yeah, don't. Yeah. I I can't you know, get it wrong. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a big enough fan base to see numbers from any of those, but like, you know, it is after you get from, you know, past Amazon music title and stuff. You're like, okay, who the fuck's on Napster right now? Yeah. Who's using Napster for 12 people. (laughs) <laughs> like okay. well it's still alive well like we've been saying it's an oversaturation of the market like just look at how many platforms we're on because we're on spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, apple podcasts google podcasts okay, everywhere places do you see everywhere. revenue from that's the thing is it's all spread so thin so like thin. if it was like you remember when it was just netflix yeah and it was just netflix well, hulu i remember it was a web was the website yeah. first and I could go in there and watch a million things for free. And then if there was like some like real things that I maybe wanted to like, I had to pay for on, you could sign up. I had like a free Hulu account and that was it. But I could watch like a million things. Like I used to watch the the do tour, you know, X games and stuff like that. I could watch tattoo show. There was a million tattoo documentaries yeah. well, and shows. And- yeah. And when it was just Netflix, it was a no brainer. But right. now that there's Netflix, Peacock, HBO max, Disney plus, Disney plus, discovery plus discovery, like all these, who, nobody can subscribe to all of them. So you have, and they to do it on purpose where it's like, like, just like when you were on TV, Oh, I knew I could tune in at eight o'clock to see this one show on discovery. And then, at, on Thursday, you know, we knew that they were releasing something on um, whatever other channel, you know, or the big game was on you know what Thursday night. Channel you know what it but is. it was all in the same place. But now I it's mean, like, I can't see, like, people are going to be like, oh, did you see, you know, Game of Thrones on HBO Plus? And I'm like, no, because I don't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, people, oh, did you see that new show? Max, sorry. People like, oh, did you see that show on Apple TV? It's like, no, no. I don't have Apple TV. I'm not going to have Apple TV. You know what it is? Entertainment's dead. You think it's you think it's dead? It's dead. In a sense, I mean, in, on some level, it's it's more it, it's dying. They're begging us to watch this shit, man. That's what it comes down to. Here's the thing. Well, what's the can thing? we go back? Can we go backwards? No, we can't. Why not? Uh, Trickle think, down economics and the Democrats will never get rid of it. I think it's too. I just think it's too far gone, man. It's like what? It's like there's 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 or do we plateau for the next 20 years just like this? I Where don't think I think people are going to get like it's, it, I, like it's, it's either I watch the new season of Stranger Things or I buy groceries. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, how many shows if that's the case? That's what it's going to be like I, in, I in would, years. I, I would say that, like, um, you know, not having cable, but having a streamer, you know, picking one streamer to watch is probably better. It's, it's cheaper than cable. It's cheaper than yeah. Well, what's what's gonna happen is you're gonna see a rise in piracy. 
which is well, I, I'm all for that. That's because that, that's that's what killed the music industry yeah. is free music. And it's like, well, you can't make people go backwards. You can't get them to pay for something they've been getting for free. And it's like when you're asking people to subscribe to 11 different streaming services at $10 a month, people can't do that. So they're just going to pirate the shows they want to watch, but aren't going to pay $11 for your streamer for. Right. Now, some people still, even after Napster did buy albums, because album sales were continued to be published but you gotta really like that artist and want to see them keep going like hey mm-hmm. this the guy just came out it's his new project it's his first project or her project i'm gonna go ahead and buy this to you know encourage it to continue but somebody like super established maybe like as a pirate you may go eh, jay-z's 12 albums in i'll just pirate this one he doesn't need my money yeah. you know <laughs> you know or whatever or like you know i don't know queen is it's their best of i'll just pirate this because there are several albums in whatever's i i just i mean but the music industry's dead (laughs) entertainment industry entertainment's dead dead, man like it's not that it's dead you know like people are still going to go to look like small shows and i think that's the best way to support the entertainment industry i Mm. think that i think by going backwards that's what it's going to become it's going to be the new exclusive exclusive entertainment exclusive entertainment it's going to be it's going to be come to support your local artist when they yep. start getting bigger and bigger, it's going to be cool to see them for the first 10 years and then support your new local artist. You know what right. I mean? I'm hoping that's it's going to be gonna... very local and very niche. The same thing with Just independent like... filming. You know, it's it's going to be the new in thing because they can't cause they can't afford it. And we're and, and you know, and independent artists are already taking we're we're known. We're sorry. Our mindset's already we're taking a loss anyways. Yeah. Can we build a fan base while taking a loss, though? Is it worth it? And if it there's too much shit out there too where it's like you know how do you make an impact now as a it's hard you know and you know like i said like we said there's no i don't think there's a a a lifetime like there's not going to be uh movies and songs out there that are like we're going to listen to this or watch this every year for the next 20 years not in a bad way. I mean, there are definitely. I, I think <laughs> not in a bad way. There, there are definitely. Poems are gonna get a lot more. I think, yeah, dude. There, there, there are definitely some classics that that will continue to be talked about, though. That that you know, not, maybe nothing I mean, not too new, new but like perfect, perfect. Okay, perfect example of something that like, you know, when I think entertainment's dead. These these comics that I I, I don't know them well, but uh, Johan worked with them. Mm-hmm. They okay, yeah, yeah. They used to do this show on. Uh, they it got pitched to TBS, and TBS picked it up. It's called the Dress Up Gang. Uh-huh. TBS picked it up. It was really well thought out scenarios, and it's actually funny and it's smart. Uh, TBS picked it up, then they just dropped them, and now they just put it all on on YouTube. And I'm watching them like, damn, if these guys didn't fucking make it. <laughs> like you know like we're all fucked we're all fucked entertainment's dead man I mean, but you never know but you got these stupid ass shows now and like it just you know i i don't know i just well that's what that's why like i saw an interview with mr beast and he was like we do this on youtube that's where you're gonna start making your money new tv is gonna start going to youtube youtube it's, YouTube it's is, where everyone can go watch go it watch it for free yeah we're gonna have a bunch of ads it's all good you know what I mean? That's commercial. That's commercial. It's commercial. Your parents yeah. remember. It's the new algorithm. It's the new uh, where the new. Uh, but it's where you can make a million dollars a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you can make your show, and yeah. you can do what you want to do because you produced it. You made the money. Exactly. You know, old I mean? school TV start, shows. Yeah, you can make exactly. old school TV shows. I think that's what's gonna start happening too. People are gonna start making real shows again for YouTube. You know what else is is dead? This episode that's, that's been the voice party and we're out okay <laughs> it started dying a little bit